Hey everybody, welcome to Dick Doc, the podcast in which we read and discuss romance novels recommended to us by TikTok. This week we are reading I Married a Lizard Man by Regine Abel. This is a prime mating agency novel. In I Married a Lizard Man, we first meet Susan Jennings, who is the third daughter, which in this world means she gets nothing. It's a matriarchal society. First daughters inherit everything. Second daughters are basically the stewards who run the farm. It's a farming society. And third plus daughters, well, forget about it. Your life is doom and gloom. So she decides to engage with a mating service, an interspecies interplanetary mating service, and is matched with a lizard man on another planet, planet Hikania. Her new husband-to-be is the head of a village. His name is Olix Millis. She goes just shy of her 25th birthday, which is the expiration date on her value on her life. I don't, I don't know. This whole third daughter thing. This society is very against farming, although that's her whole background and her passion. They're a hunter-gatherer society and have a lot of baggage around farming because when they were formerly enslaved, they were forced to work the land. She helps them come to see that the society will be better if they do incorporate a little bit of that and helps save their society from some outside predatory forces, or at least that's her goal. I rated this three orders from Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop. What? <laughs> yeah, let's say uh, <laughs> three and a half chili peppers, but not in that the smut is spicy, but in that their food is spicy. <laughs> I couldn't help thinking of it as like one third white savior vibes, one third mm. puritanical beliefs, one third fun romp. I'm right. very much with you, Emily. I um finished this book and thought like, oh, what a delightful little story. And, you know, I, I actively like was worried about Susan and how certain things would go over. And like, I thought the pacing was great. Um, I liked the characters and I liked that it was just this nice little story. And then I was like, wait a minute. This is a white savior narrative. Mm. See, I think I had the same thoughts and then I just kind of you stopped. Stop <laughs> thinking. I didn't have a single thought. <laughs> Head empty. Yeah. Lizard man here. It's like that sometimes. For better or for worse. I don't know if that's a good reflection on this book or a bad reflection. It required no critical engagement. I don't know. I was quite critical. For all that, like, we talk about I hate a communication barrier and they're different species. There's going to be some communication mm-hmm. barriers, but some of them were not necessarily really valid. They're riding back to the village, and he couldn't have taken the time to give her some expectations for the mating ceremony. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did have that problem. Why wouldn't they give her just a brief rundown yeah. of like the do's and don'ts? And just some acknowledgement of the fact that their bodies are different, so maybe some of the light whipping that <laughs> their species can handle is maybe not going to go over great on soft human flesh. He dropped his hand. Ah, the worst crime. Oh, hey, it's really important to us that you don't let yeah. go. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> I do hate that, like, invented problem. Well, and also, if you are falling so flat on your face the first day, how do you go into the market situation? Yeah. Period. And come out unscathed. This is also a poor reflection, I think, on the matchmaking service that they wouldn't have better prepared her. Mm -hmm. They sent her in specifically with the intention to farm this land, which is like the biggest taboo. Yeah, but they weren't going to tell her that there was (laughs) 
cultural resistance. Yeah. Some cultural expectations here. When I was sad, I think is the way to say it, about the way that the author handled that, what I wanted, I realized after, was if this community is so focused on gathering, then the more natural compromise instead of just like, well, I'll just work this over here. And if someone's interested, great, start forest gardening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then they continue to collect. It propagates by itself to an extent. And it's actually a compromise. It's actually incorporated instead of just like, well, these losers will come over and see the bright side of farming when they eat. Yeah. That wasn't her farm experience, though. So maybe she didn't know about forest gardening as much if you can come up with an entire new system for the market Mm. and also you all of a sudden are kind of a legal scholar and that you can (laughs) navigate this legal system with help don't get me wrong that these people have tried and failed at multiple times and then you can identify look at these this like poison in the woods yeah all as one person then like that's not a stretch the way the character is written it's a little bit Mary Sue. Mm, indeed. So like, okay, fine. They discover the fungus and eradicate that, which, okay, they just magically are like, okay, fungus is gone. I'm like, have you met fungus? <laughs> <laughs> well, they did functionally bring in the UN. It, yes, so. Yeah. What, whatever. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, so now they don't really need to farm, right? That problem solved. And now... <laughs> They have their roots back, right? <laughs> They're fine. <laughs> Get out of here, Susan. The meat, though. I don't know. I guess the meat comes back, too. The meat comes back, the yeah. The meat comes back. It's all it's, that fungus fault. But also, with, like, their really sophisticated farming equipment, do they even need people farming at all? Like, it seems like they this pretty machine just kind of goes, like, bloop, bloop, and, like, plants the plant and takes care of everything. But we had to have the indentured servitude part. Yes. Because you don't want a farming narrative yeah. without... Slavery and indentured servitude. Like, let's just repeat all of Earth's mistakes. Right. Well, that's why the big bad corporations are so big and so bad. So I have a plot hole, maybe, question. (laughs) Moldzeg, the seer, was one of two Mm. surviving members of the tribe who lived under the Vangi reign of terror. But she's the one who had the vision of Alex with a human farmer wife who would save their people. So... She's the one who has the most reason to be traumatized by their history of hating to be dirt diggers, but wanted this to happen to the colony anyway. So I think a distinction there is that her vision wasn't necessarily specifically of a farmer human. It was just like marry someone from off the planet. Uh, So I don't think she knew that it would be someone that would do this. Um, That would do this to them. Right. But still, Moldzeg was one of the most, I mean, post-wedding hand drop mishap was one of the most welcoming people to Susan, mm-hmm. even after she seemed to yeah. express an interest in farming. I don't know. I guess if you're a seer, you got to have an open mind, mm. man. So I found it interesting in terms of your one-third Puritan narrative. The parts of extreme Christianity that have survived or been translated on these many, many, many generations, but not like Muslim society. Right. Right. Not the sexism from like, ancient Chinese. I'm like, this is very Christian centered, but why would a culture transmit just straight up like that? Sure. As opposed to being more intermingled. Well, Susan Jennings is presumably white and maybe the planet Materion is all white people. Yeah, it was a colony. So maybe whoever colonized. Just all white Christians. Yeah, maybe it was like a religious colony at the start. Sure. But. (laughs) 
I think we have a habit of <laughs> filling in some gaps that some of these authors leave. Oh, for sure, for sure. Some of these authors and showrunners. But it's just very interesting yeah. that that wouldn't be diluted at all in the many, many generations, oh, yeah. right? Like, yeah. it is, like, copy-paste Puritan. Well, like, the religious significance behind the Puritanical belief seems to be gone. It's just the now, Puritanical Now, it's, like, two generations away, right? They're like, oh, yeah, we used to X, Y, Z, but yeah. now it's fine. We just don't do it. Yeah. No reason. <laughs> yeah, the whole focus on virginity. She she was more about it than her new society. But like that ride to the village, come on, horseback riding can yeah. break a hymen. Break your hymen. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think that that's a trope that people look for. Like people are like, oh, I want books that have a virgin female main character. So I think sometimes authors include that as like a little party favor. Like, this is what you specifically want in your fetish. There were a lot of things that had a decent amount of thought behind them. I think that's what makes it frustrating when it stops. So, like, if you want to include a virgin, there are many cultural excuses you could find for that that aren't Christianity. Well, and then there was the part about her being like, well, since I'm a virgin, I'll be really tight. (laughs) And I was like, uh, vomit. Does it? That's not how that works. No. (laughs) I giggled a lot. When he like took her virgin blood and made clothes out of it, I was like Trophies. describing how he did it. He was like, "Yeah," and then I did this, and then I covered it in this lacquer so it would last forever. And she's just like, "What the fuck?" That was amazing. That's taking- those are the kinds yeah. of like cultural differences that I read these books yeah. for. Mm-hmm. I just feel like serves you right, harping on about your virginity, right? Yeah. <laughs> if this scene happened in a different book with a different author it might have been a situation where she would have gotten like horrified and offended and it would have been this fake drama that was put in there just to have drama so i did appreciate that her response was just kind of like (laughs) okay (laughs) okay (laughs) just kind of like all right susan was just like yeah all right whatever (laughs) married a lizard man so here we are (laughs) i chose this yeah what are my alternatives? I've been rejected by like four agencies. I'm going to have to look at this for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking like braided it into his hair. <laughs> Babe, you can let it go. No, he can't. But I also like that that was a, a show on his part for like doing what he can to accept her culture as well. Because the way he understood it was that like yeah. giving your virginity is like a big honor. So he was like respecting that element. So I thought it was a nice... Mm-hmm. I really liked that scene. Yeah, I loved their relationship. (laughs) It was so cute. They were both very mature. Yeah. Yeah. They were doing their best. Yeah. One of the things that I hate that books always do is like the humble brag of how hot the main character is from the point of view of the guy being like, she looks weird. And let me describe how hot she is in conventional Mm. standards. But to me, it's weird. Like, get it? Get it? (laughs) Like, okay. (laughs) See what you did there. Yep. Yeah. And all these other species that find humans so gross, somehow right. their genetics overpower ours. Right. I have a lot of questions. Really, it wouldn't be a slightly shorter tail, maybe slightly pinker scales. I did like the voice it was written with. It was a good approach of like casual thought process voice, but it wasn't too heavy handed or like too casual. So I thought it was a nice blend of like narration and. Yeah, no complaints about the writing. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I found it compelling, and I thought about Susan when I wasn't reading. Like, I'd be like, oh, man, how's this market situation going to work out perfectly? On a surface level, if we're not talking about how this is a white savior narrative, (laughs) I wanted a little bit more drama. After that initial wedding day, everything worked out fine for her. 
Yeah. And I'm yeah, like, and then that the company representative coming in at the end. Yeah. Just to be, get wrapped up in like two seconds. She and then yeah. the last Handled chapter, him. yeah, was like, and everything's great. Yeah. We fixed everything. He's so hot. Did you know he's hot? He's like really hot. Yeah. Okay, he's hot. We get it. You actually can just say that. <laughs> <laughs> Tall, the right level of muscular, polished appearance, the face of an angel with the sinful smile of a sex god. <laughs> Girl, I mean, stop. I, I think they the did full-on acknowledge it though and saying that they like purposefully sent a hot yeah 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 that description could have gone yeah there was a point where they like described something twice i think her homeland or whatever to the reader from her point of view just like thinking about it i guess but then also she like described it almost like word for word again to like her new in-laws and i was like Mm. we didn't need this twice (laughs) it was like literally (laughs) the exact same exposition right twice i was like your editor should have caught this we have left this planet we're not going back to yeah. it one description is ample yeah you're assuming there was an editor it is above the level of a first draft again yeah yeah but i would hope a content editor would be like girl this is a white savior novel <laughs> girl it's it's 2021 can we talk about two things at the end yeah yes geiko yeah geiko yep. what a name <laughs> for fuck's sake Get it? Because it's like a gecko. Gecko. Also, like, get it? And it was an homage to their matchmaker, <laughs> right. Kaog. Yeah. Just call him Kaog. Jeez. Yeah. What's, and what's your second thing? The image at the end. Oh. So, as we might recall, I didn't finish the milking book. <laughs> Minotaur's milking. Have so, you not seen the picture we were talking about? No. It's on her Instagram. I don't care. Okay. You I'm should. never going to see it. Mm. But I need romance authors to like put a warning no oh yes first off to stop including them just stop just don't it's perfect in our brains this? it's a book <laughs> yeah that camel tail man that's a slit <laughs> but the penis second hides. off when i am trying to go back to my kindle library do not pop this up there i did not turn the page it was a fucking pop-up ad at the end <laughs> of the book to specifically scar me she was really proud of it. She wanted all the readers to see it. And then the book nope. Sengi oh, okay. was the second one. Which oh, I, was I like, didn't even see that no, one. No, me neither. I was like, exit, exit. I didn't wish for this. Were there more? No. Was- Seeing this illustration, perhaps we should talk about anatomy. Mm, yes. So first off, they walk around naked and their tails hide their butt cracks and the males have retractable dicks. And size mm-hmm. wasn't the only difference. <laughs> While the general shape was comparable... The top length of a shaft had some sort of a hump that was bound to give some extra sensations, and his entire penis was covered in a layer of soft scales. They reminded me of the ones that covered the thick dreadlock-like strands at the back of their heads that they called quills. A strange name considering they were very pliable and felt more like soft leather strands. So your dong looks like your hair? Yeah. All right. Like a really thick hair. (laughs) So can you imagine the scales going in and being like, oh, yeah, that feels good. And then like, oh, as it, ah, right into the walls of your vagina. I mean, apparently they're soft. Scaled penis. So but. why bother at all with loincloths if. I mean, he's just wearing like a belt in that picture. In the picture, but in the, the description of the book yeah. when they met, he was wearing a loincloth. It just seems pointless. All right. I have another <laughs> anatomy question. Are humans the only creatures that have clitorises? Like, is it really that oh. weird? We see all these alien or non-human human pairings, and all of them are astonished by the clitoris. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> it's prompting further questions that I just <laughs> probably oh, shouldn't. 
No, I think he should. I think he should. So, like, do other species, do the female achieve orgasm when they have sex? I mean, obviously the male does. That's a good question. <laughs> right? I, I mean, I would assume that they would have, like, at the very least, like, an internal clitor, you know, like, because it's not just some, the clit, yes, like, some it's a whole organ. I don't know, so I'd assume, like, yes. Cat sex is really painful, right? So, like, probably there's not much going on good for the female cat. But pigs have, like, three-hour orgasms. What? Yeah, pigs have the longest <laughs> orgasm. Dang. You guys, what? What? I didn't know that. How am I the only one who knows that? See, I've, I've already said I know nothing about what? other species. <laughs> Well, and the cat thing, I think cats, like, have a nodding sort of situation. So that's uh, yeah, the whole cats, nodding thing. You get yeah. stuck, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> take back your judgmental looks earlier when I was describing nodding. I never nodding. take back <laughs> judgmental looks. <laughs> Mrs. Pigs have three orgasms. <laughs> what, you didn't know that? Male pigs? I don't know. Just pigs in general. Well, now you don't know. Very, very male-centric society, so I assume <laughs> everything is. Does a pig have a clitoris? <laughs> I think that it's an extension of being human-centric, right? Because not a lot of other animals on Earth have clits. Yeah, that's the question. Yeah. I think no. I mean, I guess yeah, I, I really no. want to Google that. Yeah, that's where I was no. like, I have more questions, but I... I'm just thinking back to <laughs> Lady and the Orc. Like, orcs are so almost human that, like, really? Well, they didn't even have female orcs, though. So does that mean elves know, but they don't have clitoris? Yeah, that's, that's where I was going with this, like... <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Next week, we're reading Games We Play by Dana Isley. TikTok stars Karina McGeehan, Emily Shirley, and Katie Jeffries. It is edited by Karina McGeehan, produced by Derek Adams, recorded at Shadow Public Radio, and our production manager is Jonathan Sparks.